Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire, and with us is our resident expert in Eurasian politics, Mr. Jake Freho. Welcome, Jake. Yes, I am not Joe Oltman, though the bar says that. I am not Joe Oltman. How are you, Max? What's going on? We have a Pretty great good. guest today. We do. We do. You want, you want to do the introductions? Uh, yeah. No, uh, he's the, uh, the founder of... Uh, uh, creative destruction media uh todd todd wood uh, and uh, was actually doing some uh back uh research on his uh the books he's written uh found it quite uh fascinating he's got a, a book called uh, titled currency and currency is i think about a th uh, three century evolution of money and, and the corruption and, and uh you know politics that goes along with currency uh, but accomplished author and uh, as well as a, a media personality and uh, you know media contributor. So when I heard that the subject of conversation was going to be Ukraine and the really severe yet uh, undercover situation that's evolving around Ukraine uh, was going to be discussed, there's we're as a country looking at uh, a world war three scenario and no one's talking about it we're you know we're we're talking about biden's press conference yesterday uh as the the dementia in chief uh careens us well, towards fairness, a, a, a world everyone, war three scenario yeah in fairness everyone is talking about ukraine today because of joe biden's press conference yesterday um it's all over all over the different headlines all over the shows and biden put his foot in his mouth again today we'll talk about that later but without further ado, why don't we welcome Todd onto the show. Todd, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come back on and talk with you. So Ukraine, and this is something that's been simmering. I mean, it, it's been simmering since the 90s with the fall of the Soviet Union. I, I know everyone in Ukraine, at least the policymakers, are kicking themselves for giving up nuclear weapons. I, was sh I wasn't all that shocked this spring when government officials started talking about becoming a nuclear power again and leaving the non-proliferation treaty. I mean, when you have Russia on your border, 80,000 troops now staged there with everything that's already gone with Crimea, you have to understand the, the general fear going on in Ukraine. And yeah, I'm sure they, they gin it up. They, uh, they exaggerate a little bit like countries tend to do when they want different security guarantees and aid from foreign countries. But this is a this is a potential World War Three scenario. When you look at all the different hot spots in the world that could possibly lead to World War Three, you have, <laughs> you have areas off the coast of China and then you got Ukraine. What are you seeing there today? Well, you're right in that it's uh, the tensions are high. Uh, I would tend to say that those are manufactured tensions uh, to understand Ukraine. And we've talked about this before on, on the last time I was on the show. To understand really Ukraine, you have to take a step back in history and really go back about a thousand years because in Kiev, that's where Russian civilization started. 
So Kievan Rus was the beginning of the Rus people when the Mongols invaded. Um, you know, they moved up to Moscow a few hundred years later to try to escape the Golden Horde. But Vladimir the Great basically Christianized all of the Slavic nations uh, during that period. And so Ukraine is seen as the, from the Russian point of view is, is, you know, kind of a backwater hinterland, borderland. And, and as Putin famously said to George W. Bush, you know, you know, George, Ukraine really isn't a country. So think about it. They call it their near abroad. It's the former Soviet Union. It's uh, right on the Russian border. It used to be the breadbasket of Europe. Uh, they have amazing gas resources. And so it is a strategic area, but it's also in the Russian sphere of influence. I'm of the opinion that this crisis is manufactured uh, so that we don't look at what Biden may allow to happen in Taiwan. I don't believe Russia, you know, the, the Russian troops, we, we had an a interview with a reporter yesterday uh, who's in Donbass, in the war zone, where I've been to the border there as well. And, you know, his comments were that the Russian troops are about 160 miles from the border. So that is not a situation where they can invade overnight. But I think there are a lot of agenda items happening. I think that, you know, we were out of the Middle East to some extent. So there has to be a place to sell weapons for the military industrial complex. Hillary Clinton wants to, you know, encroach NATO all the, all the way to Russia's borders and finish her, her project. And Ukraine is also the Soros and cabal of this globalist state. It's where they launder all their money. It's where they plan all the information operations like they're doing against the U.S. right now. They did it in 2014 to Ukraine and swapped out the government. So this is really important for the left. And so it, there's a lot of things swirling around besides just, uh, you know, Russia's going to invade, which I don't really think they, they will. They, they have the Crimean Peninsula. They have the Donbass region where all the coal is and, and some of the gas resources. So they don't really have the money or the, or the wherewithal to invade the West unless we make it part of NATO, the Western Ukraine, I mean. It's interesting, as you're describing this, as mm -hmm. you're describing Ukraine as like the historical home of the Russian people, as mm -hmm. like, a, like a, a land where they would go on vacation, it reminds me of the Lebensraum, what you heard from Nazis in the lead up to World War II, that all these countries around yes. Germany, that was the living space. That's, that's the place where the German people deserve to be able to go and farm and raise and raise right. their livestock it's a very similar concept like the the propaganda the narrative that's coming out of russia is eerily similar which is a little nerve-wracking because yeah you mentioned that they might not have the resources um but we didn't think that nazi germany had the resources coming out of the interwar period either to start invading countries so it, that narrative that kind of those talking points they make me a little nervous because you tend to hear that right before, right before annexation. So, <laughs> so, so Todd, it, it should have it, yeah. it should have been Russia all along. It, explain to me your take on how this is a distraction from Taiwan, right? You know, because there's so many things that we've watched unfold in the past ninety days that mm -hmm. uh, you know it's it's a game of whack-a-mole, right? You know, you have Kazakhstan, yep. you have the, the the disaster in Afghanistan, right? And so it's again, you know, light a fire over here to prevent you seeing what's going on over here. What is your take? Because uh, I I hadn't thought that Taiwan would factor into this whole, you know, you know Eurasian. Uh, conflict uh, that's arising right now, uh, but w w where where are you seeing Taiwan being well, used as, as well, the, the, the simple fact is. is, the simple fact is, and I'll get to Taiwan in a second, but the simple fact is, this cr 
crisis was created by the Western media and the Western intelligence services. So Russia, you know, Putin moves troops around Russia all the time. I mean, literally, he'll do snap drills and move 100,000 troops to the border of Belarus. There are more Russian troops right now closer to Belarus in the Baltics than there are to Ukraine. So this is, a, in my opinion, a manufactured crisis in order to wag the dog, if you will, for the Biden administration, which is a reference to the movie where they start wars to take the attention off their complete failings in policy domestically. And also, and that's where the Taiwan situation comes in, because I think that they have made a decision, as obviously maybe he admitted yesterday or today, that he's not going to stop Putin from doing a minor incursion into Ukraine, um, which I don't think will well, happen. No, Look, they have would, a war. He would stop him. Today he well, said he would stop him. He's cleaning it up. I mean, I think he, he let, said know. the quiet part out loud, but yeah. <laughs> which pissed off the Ukrainian oligarchs. But look, there's been a simmering war there for since 2014. They're killing people two or three a week, lobbing artillery shells at each other. I mean, it's a trench warfare, uh, you know, against between the Russian speaking peoples in that in the Donbass and Western Ukrainian army, which is a very sophisticated force. Now they have job. They have a lot of high tech weapons. We have training. Um, they're not up to NATO levels, but they, they are. It would cost Putin a lot to invade Ukraine. And so I don't think that's an issue. What is an issue for Putin, which he can't allow, is if they try to make Ukraine part of NATO. That is a red line he will not allow because he will lose power because the Russian people won't allow that. Because it's literally, think about it, if, if Russia or China was arming Texas against the United States and wanted to pull that into alliance. That's exactly the same type of scenario, the southern underbelly of the country. Um, they see this as Russian land. So, and, and we used to have a thing called the Monroe Doctrine, right? We didn't allow anybody into our hemisphere. And, and for us to encroach NATO all the way to the Russian border is insanity, in my opinion. And that's what's causing the it's, crisis. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a point that very rarely gets mentioned. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm no Russian apologist. Um, but like w when it comes to teaching about the Monroe Doctrine, teaching about our, our sphere of influence, we never really teach people about Russia's sphere of influence and, and the right that Russia as a superpower during the Cold War, the right that they would have to not have missiles on their border. Right. We, we, we always talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, oh, what were they thinking? They should have known it would have it would have blown up in their face. But we don't really think about what happens when we start putting missiles in Eastern Europe either. Um, Obviously, Russia is, is making a push to stop countries from joining NATO. There were just Russian flights over Finland and a couple other, um, a couple other countries uh, up there as, as a show of force. To, to, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing military exercises over there, too, to, to persuade those countries not to join NATO, which seems to only, only, seem to, only seems to encourage them to want to join NATO more. If you start seeing Russian planes flying over your cities. Well, why, why would we want to have Ukraine in NATO? It's corrupt as hell. I mean, it, it literally is probably the most corrupt place in, in the world right now on a, on a level with, you know, uh, other former Soviet areas, Kazakhstan being another one, you know, Belarus. I mean, I mean, literally the former president, Poroshenko, who's now trying to take power again, laundered hundreds of millions of dollars of American aid money. Uh, you know, the head of the central bank left. Uh, Gontavera was her name, Valeria Gontavera. She, she, during the Poroshenko regime, she fled to London and bought a 30 million pound flat in London. How do you do that as making, you know, a hundred grand as head of the central bank? So they, they, they have tons of money offshore. They've stolen from the Ukrainian people, all these oligarchs. And it's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's not it's more inflammatory than than safety for the American people for us to include that in, in NATO. And let me say, I'm not a Putin fanboy. I mean, I know what he's doing in Russia. I know how he's repressed the people. I know how he's, you know, repressing the middle class and, and the media and journalists and, and all of that. Um, but he does have a point that this is our sphere of influence, in my opinion. So so I'd ask from my perception, right, you, you have mm -hmm. a World War Three scenario unfolding in front of us. Mm -hmm. and, and there are three powers mm -hmm. that be in all of this. You have China, America, mm -hmm. right, and Russia. Mm -hmm. And, and they're, they're, you know, Russia, right. my take on it is that Russia is attempting to maintain some level of sovereignty and, you know, protect what is theirs. And yet the, the other two components, America and China, almost seems to be this push and pull of, you know, two drowning dogs trying to save itself, right? So where, where in your take does Russia fall into all of this, as in, is, is the encroachment that we're seeing coming from China and their moves on, you know, whether coming into mm -hmm. the Bagram when they moved into Afghanistan as right. soon as we had that disastrous pullout, and, and then, you know, their ties to Kazakhstan. And w where, where do you place the three parties, right? Where do you place Russia... Um, are they taking a, a stance in in opening up uh, allegiances in China with China? We, you know, as China aims to you know ram through their Belt Road Initiative, and where mm -hmm. does America fall into this? And where does the current administration are they are they you know wagging the tail or is the tail wagging America? Right? And and how does that all come into the the greater the greater picture of this? Well, you know, Russia is a declining power, and McCain was right when he said that they're a country masquerading as a or a gas station masquerading as a country. I mean, over fifty percent of their exports are hydrocarbons, whether it be oil, mostly natural gas, which they feed through pipelines to Western Europe, which are their main customers, and in Southern Europe and, and other places. So, uh, what? But they, they are destroying the middle class. They're not growing. They're not innovating. Their population is shrinking. Um, and so they were actually forced into China's arms when we sanctioned the heck out of them when Putin took back Crimea, uh, annexed the country or the area, which was historically part of the Tsarist Empire. You know, the, the Tsarist Empire, and people need to see, understand that Russia, the last hundred years, is not Russia. Russia is a thousand years. So the Tsarist Empire went from Poland all the way to San Francisco. You can go to Fort Roos in San Francisco today, and the Russian government still pays to maintain that national area park because it was part of the Tsarist Empire. So Crimea was a big warm water Black Sea port for the Tsarist Empire. So th they see that as their own as well. And, you know, all these borders are kind of created from the fall of the Soviet Union, where you have all these they call them frozen conflicts in Transnistria, in Moldova, in Nagorno-Karabakh, in Armenia, in Azerbaijan, in, in Ukraine, in the Donbass, where all these little wars have broken out over power struggles after the fall of the Soviet Union. So Russia was forced into China's arms when we sanctioned them uh, to sell gas, to have some type of ally alliances. But the, the Chinese are taking advantage of the Russia, too. They've leased a lot of land in Siberia that they're supposedly going to get back to Russia, which they'll never get back. I mean, they're encroaching in those lands. They are, there's a historical uh, animosity between the two countries. Right now, they say they're friends, but they don't trust each other. Uh, and then you, and yes, China's coming up through the Balkans and through that area, trying to grab infrastructure and, and everything they can. And so uh, Russia is very insecure. And so that adds another layer of you know, fear when we start moving troops to their border. As far as America, you know, I just see us as a, a, 
ridiculously led nation right now with this old fool in charge of whoever's behind him. And, and our foreign policy means absolutely nothing. I mean, he's just gibbering every day. I don't see us as uh, what's driving uh, our uh, agenda right now is to fulfill the agenda of Hillary Clinton and Obama and others to f really pressure Russia and pull Ukraine into NATO, make Ukraine a, a, a continuing place where they can launder money and, and, and do a lot of illegal stuff that's outside the United States and not subject to transparency like it is here. It, it's like what they did, um, you know, in China when they couldn't develop the virus here, so they moved it to China. This is Ukraine is exactly like that for the deep state or whatever you want to call it, the cabal or whatever. So Ukraine ultimately becomes an outpost for uh, the communist regime of China. Yes. Well, that's what it is now. I mean, Soros controls the country. I mean, it, they have this machine where they take these kids out of college, they put them in NGOs, uh, where they train them how to be good communists and good corrupt, you know, organized crime figures, and they put them in the government. You know, the U.S. government, the State Department, all the national security apparatus over there is corrupt as hell. You saw the ambassadors during the anti-Trump impeachments, you know, uh, testifying against the president. And so it, it's just a corrupt swamp over there, and they can do anything they want. It's it's corrupt as hell. There's a lot of money floating around, a lot of gas money, and, and so a lot of aid money that Biden gave him that he was siphoning off, um, you know, with kickbacks uh, to Latvia for Hunter and from Burisma, and it just goes on and on and on and on. I mean, it's, I, I had, you know, people in Ukraine who in the know tell me to my face that, you know, FBI agents over there were taking $5 million bribes not to investigate Hunter. Uh, we could go on and on about that. I mean, we broke yeah. a lot of this in 2019. You, talk, you talked about Ukraine wanting to join NATO, mm -hmm. and obviously Russia doesn't mm -hmm. want that to happen. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's a big deal. For mm -hmm. a country to join NATO, we are promising to defend them mm -hmm. if they are ever attacked. The, the right. prospect of Ukraine joining NATO with Russian troops at their border is insanity. I mean, it was it was insane before. It's even more insane now. And it makes me just as just as curious as why we would ever even entertain that. I was I was just as curious in 2009 when Croatia entered mm -hmm. NATO. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure mm -hmm. Croatia is a nice country. But if someone attacks Croatia, it seems a little absurd to automatically have to send American men and women over there to shed blood and, and spend treasure mm -hmm. on defending Croatia. So what does Ukraine think? Does Ukraine think that we are going to just voluntarily enter into a, a, a guaranteed defense pact with them? I mean, th this this reeks of World War One, of entrenched alliances dragging the country into a world war that no one really wants to be in. No one really wants yeah. wanted to be in World War One, but they they had to because the alliances demanded. I, I can't understand how Ukraine could think they could ever get into NATO. How anyone in the United States could think that's a good idea, and and you, you'd have to think that Russia would understand that too. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna just voluntarily go to war to defend Finland forever. I mean, it, it's, it just seems a little silly. And I get the, the point of, of NATO to push back mm -hmm. against Russian, Russian aggression, whatever you want to call it. But right now, NATO is a, is a big liability. I mean, it, it's, it's almost sure. as big of a liability as it was during the Cold War, which seems crazy, right? <laughs> but but here's my take. Uh Here's my take on what's going on. I think we've all seen that the federal government of the U.S. 
is also corrupt as hell. And, and at least a big chunk of it, the national security apparatus is used, being used against the American people. They are state captured by the pharmaceutical companies and whoever else is making all this money with the vaccines. And, and they're driving policy to, to make us do things that are against our self-interest. So I think we need to look at this not as a NATO Russia thing, but more as a like a gang of organized criminals. You know, different gangs, right? So I think you have the American deep state gang and you have the Russian gang. And they're criminals too. I mean, they're stealing from the Russian people. So about 10 years ago, Putin started arming a lot, right? I think he looked in the mirror. I think he's got very, I know he's got very good intelligence apparatus. I think he saw what was happening. I saw, he saw the corruption in the federal government and in, the, in Western Europe. And he, and he said, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing himself, right, as an ex-KGB guy. He saw, he saw all this crime, all this money laundering, all this aggression, and he said, okay, we're going to build up. And so right now you've got two gangs where the U.S. and the, and the Hillary Clinton-Obama Soros gang wants to take as much territory as they can and control Eastern Europe where Russia is saying, look, that's our territory. It's like the two families or three, six, five families in New York. It's the exact same thing. This is our territory, and then they fight a war over this borough or neighborhood. That's what's going on, in my opinion, on steroids. Yeah, it's like Gangs of New York. It's like the, uh, what was it, the five mm -hmm. points in the movie Gangs of New York. I mean, we've lost yeah. all our more cre moral credibility, right? We, our, our moral compass is gone. So as a nation right now, we have to get it back, and we will get it back. But the Biden regime is not a moral regime. My concern is we're looking at a situation eerily reminiscent of the first decade of this, uh, you know, of the 2000s, right? You know, we went into Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. we, we wage a perpetual war. What is the saying that uh, when an economy is on the cusp of failing, start a war, right? Military industrial mm -hmm. complex. Sure. We did yeah. that for 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan. And now yeah. if we're looking at everything that's unfolded, the negligence of the past mm -hmm. few years of, 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 you know, fiscal monetary policy, and now the answer is kind of right in front of us. And I think for people like us, you know, it's so clear that, you know, we, we, we kind of want to hear someone say like, no, you guys are just overreacting. But I think at, at the end of it, we, we all understand what the next stage is that somewhere in all of this and all of this, you know, chaos, they have to start a war because the, the, the machine that is as of now is on life support and they need to, yeah. you know, they need to, rally rally the the industrial complex and start a war somewhere and so i, I think the difference between now and, and and the past is uh the the negligence of this regime uh, the american regime is, is so significant that really we're looking at a war anywhere you know kazakhstan involvement in that in taiwan in, in afghanistan and and what's unfolding in ukraine it's it's you know dealers dealers choice at this point and that's you know as a, as someone that grew up uh, during the entry into Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, mm -hmm. I, I see it happening all over again. It's this, uh, it's the catch 22 of, uh, the current monstrosity of, a of, you know, economic policy, economic machine that's been created mm -hmm. is, is just got to start 15 year cycle. Pick somewhere on the map, we'll start another war. And I don't think with, with all the fodder that's being thrown in the media right now, when, you know, all these, you know, BS stories. I don't. I don't think uh, the public cares or has the attention span to see what's unfolding. And we will have a career politician with all their cronies pull us back into uh, Afghanistan and Iraq 
I, I think you're right, uh, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I think Biden has to do something. They are losing because of the efforts of Joe and everybody else on, on the, I wouldn't say right, I'm more the America First movement. And we've, we've delegitimized the presidency. They're failing economically. They're failing to try to take over our voting system. They're failing in everything they're trying to do. So they're going to lose massively uh, within a few months and lose power. So, and then Katie bar the door because all these investigations are going to start and, and, you know, real accountability hopefully will come. So this is where we're at and you're exactly right. They're going to have to do something. I don't know what it's going to be another virus, a war, you know, electric grid, who knows, uh, you know, food security is the next one they're talking about. So who knows what's coming, but I think Americans need to be prepared. But I tell you what, Ukraine is not our fight. We don't need American women and, you know, and men going over there to fight. It's not our fight. Let the Europeans handle it. I mean, come on. I mean, why do we need to send American forces to Ukraine? It's absolute insanity, in my opinion. It's right on the Russian border. It is a red line for Putin. Why do we need to get in a fight with Russia? We've got more to worry about right now. So you let, say that Joe Biden's going to have to do something. He just approved two hundred million dollars in military aid to go to Ukraine. As mm -hmm. of no, late November, he said he was actively considering sending U.S. military advisors to Ukraine. This is starting to sound like French Indochina. I mean, this is this is what it sounded like before the Vietnam War. Oh, we're not going to go to war. We're just going to send them some military aid. We're going to send some military advisors over to French Indochina, now Vietnam. Uh, do you think that Joe Biden would actually start a war? I mean, that's something that they accused George W. Bush of wanting to do. Like, there are all those conspiracy theories towards the end of his second term that he was going to start a war so he could hold on to the presidency. Really crazy stuff. But that was always like a, a rumor, like a conspiracy theory. Do you actually think that Joe Biden at all, because it's not just him, there's other people, um, do you really think they would start World War III because of how illegitimate the country sees them? I think that it's, well, first of all, it's not Joe Biden, right? It's, we don't know who it is running the show. Yes, the, but, uh, it's the other people. I, yeah, so it's highly possible they could do something like that. But I think what we have seen also is they respond and, and the American people respond to truth and information. And I think it's our job to get the information out that this is an absolute insane plan to send forces over there and you know it's 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 a place that needs to be cleaned out and a lot of transparency needs to come there because of all the stuff that the state department has been doing i mean there, there's money that was moved offshore from yanukovych um and there's you know that was the previous president uh, that's yet to be returned and we, we we did a report that the american ambassador was preventing that return uh, we we reported that hillary clinton was taking millions of dollars of bribes i mean go down the list i think we did like 200 articles on ukraine from our network and country in that region in 2019 it's corrupt and it's not something that we need to fight over it, it, it really what what benefit now taiwan is very different it's it's, it's semiconductors it's uh, freedom of travel and naval, you know, freedom of the seas in that region of the world, which has always been an American priority, where uh, and it's a threat to our economy if they take Taiwan. Ukraine is not in any way, shape or form. So it's just it's, it's almost mind boggling to even think that they would start a war 
in Ukraine over this. You 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 mentioned Joe Biden during the Trump years. Mm-hmm. All the, and all the media talked about was oh the compromat the compromat. He's compromised by the Russians. Donald Trump is compromised by the Russians. He he won't do anything. They're great at projection, Biden, aren't they? Yeah 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 yeah. Everything Joe Biden. Everything we're, they they say yeah. we're doing, they're doing at the same time. Joe Biden is 100% compromised when it comes to Ukraine. Hunter Biden is compromised. Oh, yeah. How how does that weigh into this? Because you have a president egging egging it on, where, whereas he has literal, well-documented financial interests, uh, the desire oh, yeah. to avoid prison sentences for him and his, his children. I mean, how does that yeah. whole aspect weigh into this? Because I don't think we've ever seen a situation where the president of the United States, asterisk, is leading us into war, towards war, and he's actively compromised by the very country he wants to get. <laughs> well, China too. I mean, China in a much bigger way, but what the Biden fam- crime family business model has been for decades is to sell American influence, sell their influence, government influence for money. So 10% they've done it for the in Ukraine. Guy. Yeah, 10% for the big guy. So. They have done that. I mean, they've done it all over the world. The, the national security apparatus was working for them. If you go through the Hunter Biden laptop, there's all these emails like, OK, we're, we want this deal in Romania. We need to bring the American ambassador in to help us close this. You know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, today uh, it's being reported, which we reported weeks and months ago, that you know, Hunter was in Kazakhstan with the people that were eventually arrested for treason recently the, the in Massimo I think is his name and you know he turned off the secret service I'll read you something from an email we you know this this is a big story in the New York Post and, and elsewhere today that Hunter was going into Kazakhstan without the secret service so he could close these deals and here it is 26 March 2014 Vadim who's the guy heading you know um, Barisma I've chosen to carry on from Paris without the secret service they don't seem to be happy about it I mean, best hunter, you know, so here you go that the direct evidence of nefarious dealings going on almost 10 years ago, and this has been going on for decades. Hunter is was enriched. The Biden family was enriched in Ukraine by laundering American aid money, but also basically covering for these protecting its protection racket, protecting these oligarchs who were siphoning off funds uh, from the country. So it's it's um, yeah, Hunter Biden and the Biden cram family are are ankle deep uh, in Ukraine and corruption. Uh, Hunter was the junkie bag man. And I mean, from from everything I read yeah. in the, the, the post about uh, his records, his travel records, hundreds of pages were all redacted. And it's all on behalf of the FBI. Right. So, you have yeah, a private bus service. But the bus is actually Air Force One. And it's like, hey, dad, uh, pick me up once I'm done collecting. Right. And make sure the guys. Can you imagine? The, make sure the guys with the black suits don't, you know, don't say where I went. Yeah. Right? Like, Dad, can I have some spending? Can you money Can out? you imagine if if you're a, a organized crime leader and for your your muscle you have the U.S. military, you you have the State Department all over the world to handle your deals for you. You got Air Force your One as your, as your private travel. Two. I mean, what a deal this is, you know? I I, I don't <laughs> think there's any fictional, you know, crime or gang, you know, movie drama that is as absurd as what we are witnessing in the White House. You Completely. know, Scarface, Completely. Scarface pales and appears like high school musical yeah. to what these people have yeah. gotten away with. And if you and I, you know, cheat a little bit on our taxes, we're going to jail for 15 years. Uh, but, yep. you, know, blanks, you know, blank check with those guys. It's absolutely uh, mind-blowing. So w- what I'd ask is, you know, 
one we're looking at we're we're looking at Ukraine being you know more in the headlines and other instances such as Kazakhstan, and I think it's mainly just in line with the whole you know Russia Russia you know latching yeah. onto the headline of Russia Russia. Where does Kazakhstan and where where I mean, we, we look at, you mentioned it earlier that the, you know, the security director was uh, arrested for treason after this coup, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's word on the street that the coup was facilitated or aided by Taliban militants. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it fails. One of, there's a photo of Hunter and his dad with the security director of, of yeah. uh, Kazakhstan that just got arrested for treason. And he's probably going to die by firing squad, right? Uh, or something or be in a prison for the rest of his life you have that all that unfold and then all of a sudden like so the coup fails they restore order russia steps in and then all of a sudden the taliban or the afghani government gets handed 308 million dollars in humanitarian aid right and at the end of the day it's it's at the dispersal or uh, of the taliban they are the, the ruling government of you know afghanistan and 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 how does that picture what, what is it is it uh, is it China using almost mercenary type uh, strategy here uh, as they move you know un- un- unrestricted their their Belt Road Initiative as fast as they can mm-hmm. you know they they have a timestamp in all this right they they know elections are coming up in America 2022 and then 2024 how how far and how common do you think this goes that we start seeing these you know pockets of influence being picked off. And you know, drop dropping off by when, China when it comes to stability. Yes. Well, the, the thing with Afghanistan and the reason Biden gave them Afghanistan was because of the pipelines that need to run through northern and the and the transportation routes through northern Afghanistan on its way to the underbelly of Europe, the Balkans, and on up. So in in Turkey and elsewhere. So that's why China wanted that region, um, and they got it. I mean, they were uh, they were. Uh, you know, Biden is working for Xi. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious. So that's one thing. And so now you look around the world, where else, uh, you know, Kazakhstan is another very important area to the Kremlin. It's where most of their space operations still, all their cosmodromes are there. It's a huge area. They've got a lot of natural gas. Um, they were making waves to kind of move away from the Russian sphere. They actually stopped. They changed their language from Cyrillic, which is the Russian, you know, alphabet to Latin alphabet to and tried to make it more of a financial center for the Belt Road initial initiative up through Central Asia, up into Europe. And so it's a very important place. Um, I don't know. uh, I I don't have a lot of good information on who's behind the coup. I've just been too busy. But uh, from I know that the Bidens were heavily involved in Kazakhstan. Uh, we reported that often. And yes, the Taliban did get money. So and, and then Taliban are being used as more like muscle, like a like it's the Iranians yeah. use their. Pro- yeah, they use their proxy armies around the Middle East. I mean, that's what China is using the Taliban for at this point. It's the Praetorian Guard of the corrupt in D.C. And, and the Pakistanis. I mean, the Pakistanis are running the Taliban at this point. Uh, and have for know. a long time, actually. And now they have ninety billion dollars of our equipment. So it's you know, amazing, you, which they can't run. So they've sold sold most of it to China. Um, they sell the, the, yeah. the, the technology. Yeah. Or here, here, yeah. I have a I have a lab rat. Go, you know, duplicate it on your own. You know, and I think there's a component of it that a lot of people don't. You know, they're not focusing on. But Afghanistan, when when we're looking at the lithium deposits on it and the the play behind that, mm-hmm. is it coincidental in your take? that 
all this push coming out of D.C. and all of these, you know, career politicians that have uh, clear conflicts of interest and in, 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 in financial criminal behavior and activity when it gets back to China. Was it possibly, you know, uh, have have the 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 elements or the components that are needed to fulfill the new green deal right we have the blank check in dc mm -hmm. you know, we, we have mm -hmm. the checkbook uh how much do you think that was just a almost uh, a a regime offering to the ccp uh for the lithium deposits is that lithium what deposits with the whole yeah. gr green new deal that you know the the electric vehicle push apple where their whole all of their facilities are in china oh, I, i'm a big belief the that, car yeah I'm, a belief, I'm of the belief that all of this, uh, go down the list, you know, climate change, uh, elect green energy, uh, cultural Marxism, uh, toxic masculinity, uh, you know, C CRT in the military, in our schools, our education system, in our universities, all of that is being pushed by China to weaken us and to, to destroy our, our culture and civilization. You know, destroy our manhood, destroy our army. What better way to destroy your army than to, to make them feminized and to shoot them up with vaccines that are going to destroy their health over a long period of time? I mean, it's, it's genius, right? I mean, and they've been at this for decades. So I'm plan. confident that all... What's that? 30-year yeah, plan, right? Exactly. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. This is all conspiracy theory because, you know, you just... You no, know, it's like you, no one... This is this is the, the you know, the the crutch and downfall of America and Western mm -hmm. cultures they've, they've created, especially within my generation, mm -hmm. millennials, uh, they've created the Instagram generation. You know, if, yeah. if, if it's not fed to them in a 30 second interval, it's just in one ear out the other, but yet they can't see even as they're, they're, you know, getting towards the end state of that 30 year plan, they cannot see how it's exponentially advancing. They can't, you know, our culture, our entire generation, past two generations have been indoctrinated to to have the attention span of a goldfish completely agree and i'll tell you that you know our who our natural ally is against this uh you know effort to destroy us existential threat is really russia in the long term i mean they are a natural ally of our culture in that region of the world against the chinese they've been a historical enemy of the chinese um, they're a Christian nation. They actually, they're not communists anymore. They have a 15% tax rate, a flat tax. They have very little debt. They manage their money very well. They're a very educated culture. Yes, they are aggressive and there are elements that want to, you know, get back into the cold war because they, they profit all this off this also. Um, but the Russian civilization is fascinating and, that is what the left is scared of. And that's why we see all the Russia, Russia, Russia uh, to try to, you know, they, they have this law. It's called the gay propaganda law. All it says is that you can't teach the gay lifestyle to kids under 15, I think. I mean, it doesn't say you can beat. And then there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in Russia where gays get beaten or whatever. I'm not saying that's OK, but, you know, the actual law itself. I mean, that's what this cabal doesn't like. So it's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, currents flowing both ways. And that's what Trump was trying to do is leech, reach out and finds way, find ways we can work together. And so uh, that they don't want that to happen. Go ahead. Take a real quick break and remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household. Should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital, it's not something we think about. I mean, before they started sponsoring the show, I never thought about this. I said, hey, that'll never happen to me. But you'd be shocked 
to find out just how many people need to be airlifted from the suburbs and even inside of cities when traffic is really bad. So it's an expense that your insurance plan doesn't want to cover and they probably won't cover. And it's a hell of a lot more expensive than going to the hospital by ambulance. So AirMed Care Network exists to make sure that should disaster strike and you need to be airlifted to a hospital, you won't go bankrupt for it. It starts at $85 for one year and it covers your entire household. Less per year if you're retired or if you buy three or five years at a time. And as long as you're flown by an AMC provider, you won't pay one cent for that flight. And as a bonus, when you sign up using the link in the description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then use promo code daily, you're going to get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Todd, I am, I, I, I know this is just what it is. I just, I, aside from the nonsense with Trump, where they tried to say he was a mm-hmm. Russian agent because some, mm-hmm. some hookers peed on his face in, in Moscow years ago, ridiculous conspiracy theories that have never been proven. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, no one has even like hinted that a president of the United States would be so compromised that he would lead the United States into a war that was not in our best interest. Sure, with the Bush administration, you had the claims that Cheney was in bed with Halliburton, mm-hmm. but that was at least an American company, right? I mean, yeah. the, the claims of corruption in the highest office, they still were corruption, American corruption. There, was, there were never real claims that the president was so compromised, he would get us involved in a war that was not in our best interest. And here we have Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden, obviously completely compromised by insert country name here. I mean, there's so there's it's probably easier to list the countries that haven't compromised him than the ones that have. This is this is real. So what can our listeners, what can our viewers do about this? Because obviously Ukraine, it's in the news today because Joe Biden <laughs> put his foot in his mouth yesterday, but it's going to go out of the news. Right. It's, it's going to no longer mm-hmm. be in the news in, in 24 hours. And yet these these the drums of war are going to keep beating. The war machine is going to keep inching along. And they're going to hope that the average voter, the average constituent doesn't pay attention so that they can get us involved in this without us complaining. So what can yeah. the average person do now to try and prevent this? Because most people, if, if they had the where if they had the the forethought, would have probably fought a lot harder against Vietnam if they knew what it would have become. What can the average yeah, person sure. today do to stop this from happening? I would say get educated, uh, first of all, and, and as everything, contact your your leaders and your representatives in Washington and make them very aware that in no shape or form do you want American troops involved in a conflict in Ukraine on the Russian border. That's insanity. You can go to, to get educated, you can go to our Eastern European site, at sarism.com, T-S-A-R-I-Z-M, and you can read to your heart's content about that region of the world and and get educated and and be smarter than most of the people around you and spread the message um, and encounter the narrative in the media. You know, don't don't consume the mainstream corrupt media. It's just uh, garbage propaganda. So find shows like this and get educated. That's what the main thing I think people can do because Americans are really not knowledgeable on foreign affairs. And that's what we're trying to do at CDM.press is really make them aware of what's going on in other regions of the world. So we don't get in these problems. In the past, we've seen presidents Mm -hmm. abuse the AUMF. So we we Mm -hmm. saw that in Libya, the AUMF, which was a response to 9-11. 
the idea that the AUMF can be used to invade Iraq, can be used to invade, mm-hmm. or, or, or sorry, put sorties over Libya, put boots on the ground in Syria. You can't make the argument that the authorization for the use of military force against Al-Qaeda would apply to Ukraine. So we do not have a, def- a, a, a true defensive agreement with Ukraine. Over the years, we promised to protect them. Like when they were deciding whether or not to keep their nukes, we promised to protect them just mm-hmm. like so many other countries did. I mean, <laughs> Russia promised to protect them. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a real binding agreement that would force us to act. So what power would Biden use to get us involved in a land war without congressional authorization? It, it seems like you would have to go through Congress. I mean, I'm sure they, they figure something out, but I, I can't seem to wrap my head around a way that they could use the post 9-11 arguments to do an end around around Congress. It seems like this would have to go through Congress. Is, is there anything you would think, but you, you would think, obviously, but these people don't give a damn about the Constitution. I mean, they just stole a presidency. So I don't think mm-hmm. that's at the top of their mind at all. Uh, I think they'll do what they want to do unless they understand the cost will be too high for them. Right now, they're very weak. So I think they are vulnerable to a massive public backlash against any kind of conflict in that region of the world. There's no reason for us to be over there. It's European territory. NATO's right there. Let let the Germans go do it. You know, I mean, let let the UK's involved over there. If they want to do it, great. But uh, it's it's not our fight. Even though we do have National Guard over there training Ukrainians, from what I understand, there may be some kind of special forces inserted in there as well. Who knows? At this point. So let me do let me do devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me present the other side. Western Europe is so compromised by Russia because they're so reliant mm-hmm. on Russian pipelines for their energy. Sure. You're listing countries that they should deal with it. But if they were to deal with it, all of a sudden they are no longer able to produce electricity. They're no longer right. able to heat their homes. Now, Russia has its its tentacles, its claws dug deep in these countries. You look around, you look at the world map, there aren't a whole lot of white knights that can ride in and protect a country like Ukraine without suffering serious, serious economic destruction, putting aside the military problem of going up against Russia. If it ends up being that the United States is the only country that can help and you start seeing war crimes, you start seeing crimes against humanity being committed, maybe not by Russian soldiers, but maybe by the different separatists and different organizations they support going through Ukraine and and committing horrible atrocities. Does the United States, because you talk about us being a moral authority, where would you rank the responsibility? I mean, it's called the responsibility to protect in, in, in international norms. Where would you rank that? Obviously, it's not the same as, as going to war to protect ourselves, right? But if there are terrible things happening in Ukraine down the road, wouldn't we have some obligation to do something? Look, the, well, I'll tell you a, a secret. Uh, the Ukrainian forces in Donbass have been committing atrocities for almost a decade against the Russian-speaking people there. So, uh, you know, if you want to look for war crimes, there's plenty on both sides. I'm not saying one side's better than the other. I'm saying it's happening on both sides. They're killing people yeah. today. So it's, it's not, um, you know, all you got to do is Google 
pictures of civilian women and babies blown to bits in Ukraine. It's all over the internet. I mean, it's been happening for a long time. So I don't see that as an argument to get us in a war over there because we're not with clean hands. I mean, we're supporting, the, you know, there is, we reported, uh, our reporter in, in that region was telling us about in the beginning when this all started, not the mainline Ukrainian troops, but a lot of the volunteer battalions that came over there do have some, you know, Nazi history and, and kind of that philosophy. And, and they were cleansing villages in that region of the, of the world. Um, that's what's been reported. You know, it's been happening on both sides. So I don't I don't see Russia trying to take West Ukraine uh, unless we try to move troops to their border. I mean, that's the problem I see is that we're either idiotic or just pushed by another agenda to try to make money, to sell weapons, to fulfill some kind of crazy, you know, midnight dream of Hillary Clinton. I mean, I, I just it, like the Arab Spring. You know, what, what did she say? We, we saw him. He, we came when he was dead or whatever it was about yeah, yeah. Uh, Gaddafi or Qaddafi, whatever her yeah, quote was. Yeah. I mean, she's a freak. I mean, she's not someone, her agenda, and now she's trying to run for president again. I, I think a lot of this has to do with bickering among the Democratic Party, different factions. And some people have wanted Ukraine to be protected so they can continue running their scams out of there. I mean, all the information operations that were there. Do you know that the technology that was used or developed against ISIS, um, social media technology and other types of uh, behavior modification is being used against the American people right now? And that was developed and tested in Ukraine. Do you know that there are Russian speaking Ukrainians in the Capitol on January 6th? There's video I'm on, on YouTube. I mean, do you know the biggest uh, settlement of Ukrainians in the last few years that, that the Obama administration moved them to um, in, in, is in the Portland, Washington area in Seattle, uh, Portland, Oregon, Seattle area. And, and a lot of them are involved in Antifa because they have this like history in country of doing this kind of stuff. So they're, they're not clean hands. And I, I'm not trying to say Ukrainians are bad. I'm saying there are it, it's a corrupt gang warfare over there and we don't need to be involved in it that's the point i'm trying to make the color revolution has finally come home it's finally yeah, caught, for sure. caught up with us now as mm -hmm. we round out this hour I, I actually mr producer i found a really good clip to have you and mm -hmm. the, the viewers and listeners understand what type of uh, uh dynastic corruption we're dealing with i have a video of biden at 29 years old when he was you know just entering politics and his, uh, it's a cut uh, B1, Mr. Producer, his, his take on uh, corruption. And he says the quiet part out loud at 29. He actually, uh, the part where the, the stage of Biden's uh, decay that we're in now, it actually does him some good because he can play the senile, unknowing, you know, goofy grandfather figure. So, Mr. Producer, if you could play that, give the audience a show. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here. As the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there, I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that, though. <laughs> the system does produce corruption, and in, in, I think implicit in the system is corruption, when in fact, whether or not you can run for public office, and it costs a great deal of money to run for the United States Senate, even from a small state like Delaware, uh, you have to go to those people who have money. 
and they always want something. We were told that we politicians, as the young kids say, rip off the American public. I think the American public, in a way, rips off we politicians by forcing us to run the way they do. To raise $300,000 is no mean feat. And unless you happen to be some sort of anomaly, like myself, being a 29-year-old candidate and can attract some attention beyond your own state, it's very difficult to raise that money from a large group of people. I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. I went to the big guys for money. I was ready to prostitute myself in the, man in the manner in which I talk about it. But what happened was they said, come back when you're 40, son. History repeats itself. History repeats itself. Yeah, I would I would tell your audience to also look for the audio tapes of Biden and President, former President Ukraine and President Poroshenko talking about going against Trump in the same type of manner. So, you know, during and after the election, that's all been released, too. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's so interesting when you can watch videos like that and it's just It'd be funny if we weren't just if we didn't just spend the last hour talking about the potential for World War Three. Almost out of time here, Todd. I want to ask you this: Where mm -hmm. do you think the U.S. sphere of influence ends? Because we talk about Ukraine not being in our sphere of influence. Where do you think that magic line ends? Obviously, it, it encompassed the Middle East when we were over there, and mm -hmm. for good reason. If we have soldiers over there, we we have every expectation of those soldiers being protected. Now that we've largely moved out, where do you think that line ends? Is it purely the well? Western we're energy Hemisphere? independent. We're energy or were energy independent. So you know, Biden's destroyed that. So we were in the Middle East for oil, and and uh, you know, we have allies in that region of the world too. I think you would look at historical Western civilization as kind of our sphere of influence, um, but also we have where we have long-term allies. Um, uh, you know, obviously in the Western Hemisphere and in parts of the Pacific where we want to protect free trade. Um, you know, obviously those lines are going to move from time to time, but I don't think we need to be deeply involved in Central Asia or, uh, you know, past Central Europe, And frankly. I mean, from a military standpoint, it's just not what is the upside for us other than getting into conflict, because that will happen. So in my opinion, we don't need to, for lack of a better term, poke the bear. We can contain them, any aggression, which we did for a long time during the Cold War. Yeah, that's certainly a very fair answer. I don't think a lot of politicians in D.C., Republican or Democrat, agree. I think you, <laughs> there's a lot of war hawks in both parties. But uh, sure. yeah, no, I mean, when you look at how you look at inflation, you look at all the things facing the American people today, getting into another foreign conflict, after we just spent trillions in the Middle East, should be uh, the last, <laughs> the last thing on our agenda. Well, Todd, we are out of time. I want to thank you for stopping by. We do, we do want to show everyone your website. So Mr. Bruce, why don't you put his sites up on mm -hmm. the screen, where people can can find you. Um, so we got TSA, uh, SARism, huh? <laughs> didn't mm -hmm. even, didn't even connect SARism.com. It's actually T-S-A-R-I-Z-M, 
T S A R I Z M. Oh, Z M. Ah, no problem. So Z. Uh, ltodwood.com and creativedestructionmedia.com. That's where you can find Todd and the good work he's doing over there. Again, Todd, thank you so much for joining us. It was a really great conversation. Thank you, Todd. uh, I mean, hopefully we don't have to talk about this anymore. But if if we do, as we all think we probably are going to have to, we'd love to have you back on. Thanks, man. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Well, that is it. For this edition of the podcast if you like the podcast make sure you subscribe to all the audio versions apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify pandora iHeartRadio, radio tune in and audible i almost forgot the last one <laughs> if you can give us a five-star review on on apple Podcasts. very very important help us climb up in those leaderboards we go live at 11 a.m eastern 7 p.m eastern monday through friday so tune in for that and if you need a little reminder Need a little, a little, a little nudge? Text the word "freedom" F R E E D O M to eight nine five one seven. You'll get added to our text alert system. You're given a notification for what we're going to be talking about, and then how, when, and where you can watch. That's it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire, and I'm Jake Freyho. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country, and apparently now the world, <laughs> isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all snap and fight together. <laughs>